Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a podcast where dope people talk about dope topics. On today's episode, Habits Part 2, things you should utilize in the middle of your day to re-energize. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Hydration. You need to make sure that you're drinking enough fluids throughout the day, specifically the middle of the day, to make sure all your systems are working properly. Uh, Remember, your body is like 70% plus water. So you need to be getting that in. I said fluids. We really mean water. But I get it because I suffer from it too. Sometimes water is a little too boring or you want you want a little bit more kick or whatever. Your goal is to be mindful that a lot of liquids are, are easy ways. And I guess this is dependent on goals. Easy ways to get more calories into the system. So... You know, if, if you're trying to watch the, those particular numbers, uh, maybe be mindful about the things that carry calories. That said, you can't go wrong with plain water, uh, especially if you're going the other way and trying to build muscle, gain a little more mass, gain a little more weight. Um, water is what's going to help you do that if you're being consistent with your activity and your exercise, um, building those muscles, going through protein synthesis, uh, it requires water. Most of the systems, like I said, require water. So you got to get that in as much as you can. Uh, there's an argument for, what is it? Uh, body weight in ounces or three quarters of your body weight in ounces or at minimum, your body weight in kilos in ounces, which would be half of your body weight in pounds anyways. So hydration is going to, is going to keep you moving as well. So if you have a desk type job or you're sitting in front of a screen for a little too long, if you're hydrating well enough, then you're going to you're going to be required to stand up every once in a while so you can go hit the bathroom and empty out. Great. Awesome. You're getting some regularly timed breaks. One of the things that I never uh, really liked, at least when I was younger, um, let's say if you were at a restaurant, if you were working at a restaurant or like a mall job or anything like that, the people who got the most breaks were those who smoked. So... It's a bad habit anyways, and now they get to take a break and move around and, uh, you know, get outside and away from the job real quick. But if you didn't smoke, then you didn't necessarily get those kind of breaks, Um, which meant that you were working longer. Uh, Seemed kind of backwards to me. That said, if you're drinking plenty of water, you're getting that opportunity uh, to get up, go away hit the bathroom and all that good stuff. This also is one of these particular tips that then allows you to like, what is your water vessel? Do you have a fancy water bottle? Um, and is it reusable? Are you being green or 
are you getting disposable trash water like Dasani? Shots fired. It's terrible. You should, you should be uh, drinking tap. Oh, well, uh, let me take that back. We're in the beautiful Pacific Northwest near the Puget Sound, where everything is green and blue. Uh, we don't have to worry about contaminants as much as, let's say, California. So that would be preferred. I'm sure you have water fountains and uh, filtration systems and whatnot. Uh, I forget what the show is with Zac Efron on Netflix, but you can see like places like France are making sure that water isn't an economic benefit to certain types and certain classes that there's like great filtered water available anywhere for anyone Uh, i would love to see if the states could get to a system like that highly doubtful because hashtag capitalism uh, but something to consider and keep in mind so the last part of of this particular hydration um, tip is to have a little bit of salt nearby and literally a pinch of salt in something like a 20 ounce or bigger would be awesome. Uh, Those provide the electrolytes you might be paying for anyways from certain fancier bottled waters that say, you know, hey, we also include hydration. I know a lot now are trying to push the pH stuff Listen, if, if you're eating well enough, you just need water. That's it, right? And if you aren't eating well enough and you have to buy these fancy waters and all that stuff, you are making a very complicated uh, system within the body. Stop that shit. This is, this is chemistry. Do you want to juggle 50 different things? Paying attention to, you know... Your macros, like proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and then your your micronutrients, like your vitamins and minerals. Also, time of the day, and like, are you sleeping, and are you exercising? There's, as adults, there's so much shit to, I didn't even talk about like relationships, and, and your job, and your hobbies, and the things you want to do. Uh, there's one basic universal truth through all of this, and that's, if you're not hydrated, you're going to get hurt. You're going to die. So you got to do something to prioritize that uh, however you can. Get some water in and make sure that your your water is actually being utilized by the system. And that means just a little bit of those uh, salts so that your body absorbs and utilizes that water. So a little pinch of salt, Himalayan pink salt, even just table salt works uh, especially post-workout, especially if you're really active, especially if you're eating very cleanly, like a paleo-style uh, diet or nutrition plan. Uh, make sure you get those salts in because you're probably not getting it through your food. And then the reverse. If you are getting a lot of salty foods in, you're eating a lot of processed, bagged, packaged things, you just need plain-ass water. Not ass water. Just plain ass water. I just blended this into the last point of hydration, but 
You need to eat well. What is a nutritious lunch for you? And when does it occur? Are your macros giving you life or forcing you to grab a coffee like an orange mocha frappuccino or whatever Zoolander has been making fun of? Uh, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. You are probably going to need more protein and less carbs during your midday meal, also known as lunch. I don't know if you're also waiting too long. You definitely uh, shouldn't wake up and then just wait until lunch. Check out our previous episode where we're talking about some of the morning habits you should adopt, but breakfast is definitely one of them. Um, I'm generally telling people maybe no more than five hours goes before you you put something else in your body if you've got a higher metabolism or you're working towards a higher metabolism by being more active. And then obviously, if you're on intermittent fasting, you're probably not going to be able to do that. That's fine. Uh, but for most people, uh, you're going to want to be eating within those three, four hour uh, intervals uh, just to make sure that the body and the metabolism is moving, is is utilizing that energy properly and not getting into any uh, storage style systems, right? If you don't eat for a long time, our bodies have not evolved past this uh, well, as good as it, as good as it could have been. Um, but If you end up feeling like you're starving, it's probably a little too late. And for whatever reason, the body thinks like, hey, we're we're not going to be able to get more food. We need to hold on to this. And that's why our bodies change. Um, We get more adipose tissue on the body because those are our energy reserves. So what can you do to make sure your body doesn't fall into the energy uh, storage system? What if we could stay in energy depletion? And that's that's making sure that you're active and that's making sure that you're consistent with your eating. So making sure that you eat uh, fairly frequently and that could just be a little snack. It doesn't have to be a, a big meal or anything like that, but a little snack over and over. Uh, wake up in the morning, eat three or four hours later, maybe a little, little snack because three or four hours after that, then you get to have a lunch. And again, you're, you're trying to have uh, quality, quality macros, good proteins. If you're not uh, a meat eater, making sure you, you get enough protein. That's always the hardest thing with uh, vegans and vegetarians. Um, but there are plenty of plant-based sources there. Just make sure that it's not as processed uh, as possible, right? There, there are these studies now, or not studies, there are these comparisons of the ingredients to things like the Beyond Burger or Impossible Burgers where it's indistinguishable from like dog food uh, because it's based in like pea proteins and so on. So just get, you gotta be mindful of the, the 20 lists, the 20 ingredient lists uh, the fewer, the better, right? Uh, and then if you are a meat eater, make sure that you understand how it's sourced, if you can control that. 
if you can't, you know, convenience is is what we end up paying for in the long term, or in the short term for long term for our our own health. So make sure that you're doing your best to prioritize some protein and then your carbohydrate source. If it is a processed or a complex kind of carb, like a grain, try to have a little less. If it's not as processed, like fruits and veggies, by all means, go crazy. You can get, you can make a huge, huge salad with uh, some protein on top of it. It could be a, a fish, it could be chicken, what have you. But that's one way to easily get some quality um, car- carbohydrates in. You can finish that off with fat. That's usually, if we're talking salads, uh, the dressing. And again, you want to be in control of that. Not these fancy flavors that you grew up with, but a bi- a basic balsamic vinaigrette or a vinaigrette of some sort with like a a citrus or what what have you. Those are number one delicious, and it's easier on the gut and the body. One of my favorite go tos, um, any sort of greens, right? And you, I, I try to make sure that I, I get. Uh, a number of them so it's not just one thing because that's also boring and monotonous uh taste wise but you want to mix some stuff up so you know different types of lettuces you got arugula you got spinach um all those ideas but you're gonna get some leafy greens and then i would i would opt for something like a italian style sausage and some tomatoes you throw that together and then a lemon vinaigrette. So it's really just olive oil and, a, a, you know, half of a lime or sorry, lemon squeezed in there and you beat or shake the hell out of it to aerate it, uh, to emulsify everything together, drizzle it over. It's fantastic. That's one of my favorite go-tos, uh, cause I usually keep, you know, some, some of those Italian sausages, like on stock and ready to go even if it's cold if it's if it's fresh and hot um slice those things up into smaller medallions and and toss that salad and it's delicious it's fantastic so keep that in mind for your nutritious lunch the the other like faster versions like sometimes i'm eating out of my uh car because i'm on the go it it might turn into something like a a chomps uh, stick. It's a protein, st- like a pepperoni stick, but but chomps is whole thirty approved because it's super, super high quality ingredients, and you end up paying for that. But something like that, a handful of nuts from Costco, and then you know a piece of fruit like an apple, or something like that. Those those used to be super, super go tos. I remember my CrossFit level one all the way in two thousand and eight. We were down at CrossFit HQ in Santa Cruz and like the thing to do then was go to the deli grab some like a pound of luncheon meat or something like that and then you get some grapes or an apple and or like a bell pepper or a cucumber something that you can just like uh wipe or wash real quick and just eat by hand uh and then a handful of nuts and bam there you go uh, a lot of a lot of people at the time were on the zone 
style diet where it's essentially like portion control through their own proprietary measurement called blocks. It's since fallen off, but a lot of the things and the and the diet fads of today are kind of based in some of those things already. So like the idea of 40, 30, 30 carbs, protein, and fat, like that's your percentages. So 40% carbohydrate, 30% protein, 30% fat. Um, they're one of the first ones to kind of go with more of an even approach like that. Uh, and then just making sure like, Hey, you know, if, if you're going to have, what was it? Something like you, you, your fat blocks for this particular meal is six and a half macadamia nuts. And like, that's all the fat you were supposed to have for that lunch. Okay. Well, it's easy at that point to just get it done because it, it's the numbers are square for you there. So if you're one of those types, you just like, you need somebody to tell you what to do exactly something like the zone or, you know, seeing a a nutritionist or a a registered dietitian so that they could prescribe you your own individual macros would be good. Uh, That way, you know, you can work towards some of those goals. And if you're not watching those numbers in particular, you should be watching the quality of the food that you're putting into your body. Next up, let's talk about movement. Because I think it's missing from a lot of people. If you're at a desk job, you pre- yeah, as soon as you get in, and then if you're not following along, you're not hydrating, you're not drinking a lot of stuff, your ass is glued down to that seat the entire shift, more or less, that's terrible for your body. Terrible. Because you're just you're letting your body laminate into those positions. So if your shoulders are rounded, if you're slouching, uh the fact that you're sitting and your hip flexors are shortened, um, those are all issues that will be exacerbated by other things and could eventually lead to lower back issues or postural issues or, for a lot of people, sluggishness because your body was meant to move and you're not moving it uh, for those eight plus hours uh, at the job. So your goal is to move around as often as you can. It's not about sitting or standing. P.S. By the way, I do consultations if you want me to take a look at your work setup, whether at home or in an actual office. I could definitely help you out there um, so that you are more productive because you'll have more energy and you want to get your work done. Uh, That said, it's more about moving, right? And again, this sounds very similar to our uh, morning habits episode, but that's our goal here. You got to move around as often as you can. So when I say it's not about sitting or standing, I'm talking about those desks, you know, folks who are like, yeah, I have a standing desk. It's great. It's like, well, if you're just standing in the same position the entire time, that kind of defeats the purpose of having a standing desk. The awesome thing now about these, um, automated sit to stand desks are that they're automated. So you hit that, you know, button. It's like a, some of these newer cars where you can have different profiles for seating. So you have all these different profiles. Uh, Setting number one is how I like to sit in my fancy office chair. Setting number two is when I want to stand and move around a little bit more and still work. 
that's the idea. It's just that you you have some variance in your body position throughout the day, so that you know you don't get jittery, you don't get anxious, you don't uh, fidget as much because you're actually getting some movement in, right? Uh, drinking the water so that you have to use the bathroom allows for movement. Sitting and standing allow two different types of things. So I, I would generally tell people, especially in the home setup, a sit to stand desk is awesome. And having a bar stool or something like one is also awesome. And if you can't get a sit to stand, this is specifically for those who have like, my desk is tall and that's it. Cool. I'd like, I, that's, that's my preference for most people. Have a taller desk where you can stand at it. And then if you want to have a seat, take that bar stool or an adjustable stool of some sort and bring that over so you could sit down. But then you could hop off and now you can use that stool as a, a footrest, and so you can stretch out your hamstring or your adductor as you get your work done, right? So you're literally standing on one foot on the ground, the other foot is on the bench, both legs are locked out and, and you're working as well as getting some mobility and stretching practice in multiple other opportunities there as well that you can stretch you're limited only to your imagination um but i've got a ton again p.s by the way i offer consultations so if you want to get that particular talk you want to do a zoom call where i get to check out what your office setup is like hit me up um but you got to move around kind of jumps into the next thing when you're walking and you get to those stairs. This is something I've done at least for the past 15 years, if not 20. And I forget where I got this from. Um, whenever you're taking stairs, especially somebody like me who's got shorter legs, my goal is always to take more than one step at a time. I'm going to try to take two or three steps every step. And it ends up making me lunge almost. I get into these long, long positions and then my backside's got to fire. That hamstring, those glutes, that lower back have to fire for me to stand up from those uh, deeper depths, right? So use it or lose it. If you're not flexing those ankles, those knees, those hips and opening them, uh, you're missing out on some uh, some action potential, some movement potential there. So whenever I take stairs, I'm trying to take at least two at a time, if not more, um, for that better hip flexibility, force production. And, you know, especially that posterior, because that's a point I always make with my athletes in gym. Great athletes have great backsides because they utilize them. Uh, the layman has a pancake ass because they don't know how to utilize that backside. Everything, else, everything that they've ever worked on even if they're active, is probably mirror muscles and things that are on the anterior or front side of the body, like the quads, the, the chest, and all that stuff. Let's get the back strong whenever we can. And then next up, we have breathing. If you're, this is really towards the earlier part of your midday or the later part of your midday, in the morning or in the evening, Whenever you're stressed out or whenever you have a moment to yourself, this fits all of those particular situations. And that's breathing. Breathing exercises in particular, something that I think people are woefully missing. There's a great book out there by James Nestor. 
Nestor called Breath. You should, it's a great read. It's a, it's a good listen. I think he's the one who's narrating it himself. Um, but get that book. Listen to it. Read it. Uh, whatever you need to so that you can realize some of the history of breathing. It's something that literally all of us are doing. Hell, you're doing it right now. Are you in control of it? Or is it something that you just do and, you know, you regret not working on it when you exercise or when you move around or I don't know. When there's a pandemic and you've got a mask over your face, are you freaking out all the time? Do you feel like your freedoms are being taken away? Well, the mask is simply just a, an extra piece of adversity. And like CrossFitters, all we ever look for is adversity. You go to the gym specifically so that I can give you adversity. Deal with it. Figure it out. Right? Everyone wants to talk about strength and ability. Um and whatnot and people aren't working on just getting your breath stronger if you know the story of Wim Hof W-I-M-H-O-F he's done some amazing work in this breath field as Nestor would call him he is a pulmonot right one of these folks who were really out there trying to figure out um, some of these ways to hack and and get into this stuff I don't remember if I've talked about this on a, a different episode but This is essentially all the endurance stuff that David Blaine works on and all of his like feats is all, it's all based in breath work. Even his last one where he goes up on a balloon from like ground level to, I don't know, the upper atmosphere, uh, that dealt with a lot of breath work so that he could control, um, you know, the oxygen in his blood. You can do that too. And all the all the great stories about Wim and his ability to control um, his body at elevation in extreme temperatures and all that stuff. And and he's out there showing that he can teach that easily to other people. You got to get the, this breathing stuff in. Uh, especially if we revert back and think like, hey, what if you did have a high glycemic, high carb lunch and you feel... Like, hey, that was good. That was super tasty and all that. You sit back down at your desk and I'll, uh-oh, now I need a coffee. I'm getting sleepy. Uh-oh, you messed up. Your blood sugars uh, jacked up your hormones and now you're literally in hibernation mode. Your ass is going to fall asleep and now you need a, uh, you know, a chemical pick-me-up in caffeine. Stop it, right? If you can, If you can work a better version of a more nutritious version of lunch then you won't need that i drink coffee because i like the taste of coffee i like how it makes me feel because it's warm usually or it's a cold drink on a hot day kind of thing uh not because of the whole caffeine like i need uh, artificial energy um that's not that's not something for me that is something for a lot of other people though so Breathing exercises are fantastic. That book I mentioned, uh, especially the audio version, is great because at the end, uh, you get a breathing instructor going through some different techniques. That said, there are some apps that are out there that are great. I got one called State um, by Brian McKenzie, uh, who is a CrossFit legend an OG uh, and 
he put out this app, but that does cost something. I did most recently find a different app called Breathing, and it's a the icon is a bluish circle outlined with like purple and a lighter blue and a black thing on the outside of that, and it's offset. Uh, that one's free, and it's got multiple breathing routines that you can edit yourself. I would highly recommend looking up box breathing or that technique of box breathing. That's something that everyone can utilize. I'm not going to run through it here because I am not comfortable uh, trying to teach randos over a podcast what it is. Uh, The concept is pretty simple though. If you think of a box, you start like, let's say, let's start on the left side. Uh, The line that goes up is your inhale. And that, let's say, takes a four count. And then you hold that breath. So once you take all your air in, you just shut everything off and you hold your breath for a four count. And then you see if you can elongate your exhale or time your exhale so that you get to 0% capacity, 0% volume from 100% volume within a four count. And then when you're at 0% volume, you hold that for a four count. And now you've created a box. And now your goal is to repeat that as often as you can or as long as you can. And that's one, uh, I guess, reported method of like the Navy SEALs are taught that particular routine so that they are in control of their minds and their bodies in high stress stress situations. Uh, That's something that's great for you to bring your head, you bring your mentality down, um, recharge. It's a nice way to kind of wake up because your system has to kind of reboot and reset for you to be able to control that. And there's our episode today. Quickly review what we talked about. Number one, hydration. Number two, a nutritious lunch. Number three, moving throughout the day and number four breathing try to incorporate these through your next day or week and see if you don't feel better thanks as always for listening make sure you follow us on all the socials at turbo geeks and we will see you in the next episode